Welcome to the Zadzooks Happy Hour, a podcast exploring the latest in film, TV, games, toys, and more. And now, somewhere in a secret bunker outside of Washington, D.C., here are your hosts, 30-year veteran of pop culture and entertainment news for the Washington Times, Joseph Zadkowski, and pop culture, technology, and space aficionado, Todd Stowell. All right, so we're trying this uh, from two different locations, so we'll see how this works out. Yes, uh, you're in the bedroom and I'm in the basement. Is that right? <laughs> so, so, yeah, but in, in different locations as well. So, <laughs> and the lights are out, and uh, there's yeah. like a wet there's a wet bowl of spaghetti, and it might be brains, but we're not sure. Am I loud enough? I'm loud enough. Uh, yeah, no, it feels like you could be a little bit louder. Uh, where's that at? Uh, it's your gain system preferences. No, I think it's your gain on your actual mic. Maybe it could be your preferences too. I didn't touch the gain. Oh yes, that's right. It's your system preferences. Sorry folks for the technical support here that we're doing. Check. check. Uh, well, it'll clean itself out. How close are you to the mic? About two inches. Oh, good enough. Yeah. I see. It sounds good to me. Okay. Maybe you're just talking more than I am. Yeah, I could stand it back away. So you want to talk John Wick 3? Sure. Parabellum? I watched all three of them in a row. And how was that? Fantastic. And it actually, um, well, you know, let's get into it. And I'll tell you what happened because of it. Okay. So John Wick 3 is essentially picks up. Ten minutes. Yeah, 10 minutes after the end of John Wick 2. Right. Where he is uh, been banned from whatever. I forget the name of the consortium. The High Table. Yes, he's been banned and then and, and there is a, a hit put out on his head. 14 million. Yes, 14 million. And... I don't even really know how to describe the movie because it's just so bonkers, but so great at the same time. <laughs> well, you know, what's different about the movie is it's it's not it's not wall to wall action. Now, they're, they're trying to squeeze in a backstory. So there's a, a lot more time devoted to the who John Wick is in terms of the people he knows. Right. Is, is he is he what I can't figure out is, is he Russian I think he's Russian. Okay. Well, yeah, without giving anything away. Not that that matters. Not particularly, no, but it is. But it still has, you know, the opening scene where he fights this giant with a book is pretty impressive. Oh. Uh, the, the, the greatest scene is with him and the, and the front desk manager. Yeah. At the hotel. Just oh, I don't know. The knife fight at the beginning is pretty great too. Yeah, yeah, but there's I don't know. I I love um, I love the guy who plays who is the, yeah is the front manager and the fact that they're just like constantly going back into a vaulted room to get more guns is just crazy to me. The knife fight, uh, what a the uh, the horses, is pretty Motors- great. The motorcycles, the horses, samurai motorcycles, and the um, the dogs are yeah. pretty amazing. Oh, the, oh, that scene with the dogs is yep. unbelievable. With Halle Berry, 
Holy cow. So what's, what's great about it is um, when you watch all three of them together, there's a lot of action in the first two movies, right? You don't know much of anything about John Wick other than he's this mythical assassin and boogeyman. Um, the argument I got last night from someone who had watched three was that there's there's not enough John Wick He's talking too much, and there's not enough John Wick in the movie. Where you're, you're now, you're now like, for example, Halle Berry doesn't even need to be in the movie. You could excise that entire scene, and no one would know the difference. Yeah, but there's always been like in the first movie, there's the the woman who tries to kill him, and then she ends up getting killed herself. Right. right. And in the second movie. Is there a woman? I feel like there's a woman in all in all three who are like trying to get after him. There is a woman in the second movie. She's uh, deaf, right? And she protects the Italian warlord, uh, crime lord, right? I mean, the thing is, is that there's no end to these things, right? the The only end is just how slow as a fifty year old actor Keanu Reeves can get. And it was, you know, the first couple of scenes watching him fight, <laughs> I felt like there was, um, maybe it's his fighting style, but there are misses going on at points. You well, know what I, I mean? Yeah, but I also think that that was intentional because he was injured. Right, right. Just like the whole thing, like from the guy who's sewing him up to the dog's like Halle Berry is fine, but the dogs are phenomenal. Oh, to um, the fight scene that takes place inside the Continental. Yep, just like to it's just a it's a it's a wonderful package. It's a it's a great movie, and there's there's a there's there's definitely another one coming. And there was a um, the movie reminded me of something I would see in a Bruce Lee movie too. Yes. And uh, especially when he starts walking up the stairs and starts taking out the uh, fighting, fighting guys until he gets to the top floor and he fights zero one-on-one, which zero which, is, is this premier martial arts expert, which he doesn't, I mean, that fight sequence is like 10 minutes. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's insane. But, what what did you think of the um, the fact that they interlace a lot of ballet into this? I thought it was fantastic. Yes. It's a great yes. idea. It's a wonderful idea to indicate that fighting martial arts is a lot like ballet. I was I just thought it was wonderful. Yeah, I, I can't complain. I thought the movie was great. I mean, you have um, like some really, really crazy well-known actors who appear – in this that you just wouldn't expect. I mean, you have, um, you know, obviously Lawrence Fishburne was in it before, right? He's crazy, and, which, which I, the funny thing is, is every time I see them together, I'm like, Oh, look, it's Morpheus and Neo. It's you Matrix. Know what I mean? Um, which is, which is fine. Like, but he's, he's nuts. Why would they even do another matrix when he's so good in this? There's no need. I mean, none. I, I I don't even I don't even know what to say about it. It's it's like you've got Angelica Houston, yes, 
who's great in it. You've got Ian McShane, yep. who's been in the first two. Lance Riddick, who's my guy in this as the front desk yes. uh, operator for the Continental. And then you even have um, – the one thing that I thought was really funny was uh, – uh, what was his name? Um, the guy who's like helping um, – Lawrence Fishburne's character. He's a comedian. Um, I don't know him. You got yeah, Jason, J- Jason uh, uh, Mantazukis is the best way I can like describe his last name. He's in like a lot of like comedy roles, but I, but I've noticed that people who have a comedy background end up on a lot of these action movies. I mean, look at Deadpool. Okay. It's sort of, the, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. but I mean like, you know, but the whole film is just superb. You know, it got a 90% on Rotten Tomatoes. It's practically flawless if you look at the ratings and reviews on iTunes. It's one of these things where I don't think you can – you cannot logist, like like re- realistically say I'm going to start the movie and, oh, I got to stop. I'll come back to it tomorrow. You got to watch it all the way through. You have to. Yes. Totally agreed. Actually, you got to watch all three of them all the way through. Yeah, I don't it's, have that much. I don't have that much time devoted to it. Like you I might listen. It took me weeks to, to actually plot enough time, and my you know my wife is still bitching about it because of the amount of sleep sleep she lost. But you know we started it early evening, and she loved the films. I mean they're they're great. So this film became the highest uh, highest grossing John Wick film. Good and as it should domestically it was one seventy one, and it brought in a worldwide of three hundred twenty one. On an R-rated film. Yep. That's pretty impressive. You, you know, it's, I don't know what to say. The original John Wick, which is so funny to me, only made $88 million worldwide. Right. It was a, um, it was a which sleeper. Is, it, was it was a, a sleeper because nobody knew. The second one worldwide made 171. John Wick 3 doubled that. Right. And they've That's already true. indicated that John Wick 4 comes out 521-2021. Good. Looking forward to it. Yep. So really surprised uh, how good it was. It's one of those like rarities where another sequel and you think that they'll start going downhill. But no, I think Keanu Reeves has kind of got it going on. So it's amazing. Nobody gets hurt in these movies. There was a well, lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff going on here. Yeah. But close did- quarters combat. But did you watch – I'm assuming you watched all the featurettes and everything, yes. right? So most of the guys that he's acting with are his trainers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So the, I think that's partially why everyone is safe because they're not fighting actor versus actor. It's one guy who takes martial arts very seriously fighting against an entire stunt crew of martial artists. Yep. I agree. But it's, it's pretty so cool. good. so good. Um, all right. I'm giving this one a, a – as high as you can go. I'm going A plus. I'm just going to go A minus because maybe they can do better. Well, you would hope. The next movie might even be better. It, at some point, you got to figure they're going to end it. But maybe not. As, I guess right. as long as he's on board with it. As long as his body can take it. You, yeah, he's definitely slow in some scenes. But that's okay, yeah, because it's a jujitsu style. But the guy, you know, when he gets hit by a car like that, he is getting hit kind of by a car like that. I watched yeah. some of the special features. I mean, he's in a harness, but yes, he's still getting he's hit. He's still by a getting car. hit. Yeah, I mean, it's crazy. 
So I don't know. It was, it was a great movie for me. I really enjoyed it. So, um, all right, right, we're going to, we're going to quickly jump into, uh, I was a little behind on this, but I did wrap up Chernobyl, the HBO miniseries. Um, just, just sort of briefly to touch on it. Thought it was really well done. There are definitely a few, uh, glaring errors that they have with it. Really? There's one that's minor and one that's a little bit. You're I mean, a Chernobyl expert now. I mean, I've I've actually been really interested in it for a very long time. Okay. So um, the one thing is, is the main the main character who, in the very first uh, scene of the very first episode, I'm not giving anything away. He kills himself. It's it's a known fact that this guy killed himself. It's a stupid thing. They said he died two years to the day. It was two years and one day to the day. Okay, um, that's causing you a problem? No, no, that's a real small one. The bigger one is is there's a scene after the explosion of the reactor where there's a bunch of people who are having a party and they're on a railroad bridge. And yes. in, in the end credits, it says no one survived who was on the bridge and that they call it the bridge of death. Okay. But there's, a, but there's actually no evidence that anyone was there. Wow, and why would they do that? I don't know. I don't. I really that don't know. It makes no sense. Yeah, it's. it was one of these things where I was like, it wasn't really... I mean, it was necessary in the sense of to show like that there was you know, radiation and fallout dropping, but I don't know why they did it that way. Um, I, I was really impressed by some of the behind-the-scenes footage on how they basically reconstructed the exterior of the entire reactor. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really did like at the end the sort of look back on the individual people in the final episode. I thought that was really well done. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's one of these places where people are just oddly fascinated by going there. I I'm, I certainly would go if I ever was in the Ukraine, just for the sheer fact of seeing what an abandoned town looks like. Right. It's got to be creepy. It's got to be super creepy. And I mean, yeah, it, it's just the the way the the sort of the you felt almost exhausted by the end of that second episode where they finally realize, oh, yeah, you know what? It actually did explode and we're in yeah. deep trouble now. Yeah. And then and then you're looking at all these guys who essentially are being told it's a suicide mission. But yep. if you don't if you don't do this, millions of people are going to die. Yep. I mean, a lot yep. of people died as a result of you know, essentially signing up or volunteering for that. Um, yes. And just like all of them, the people who were digging underground, the miners. Yeah. Oh, I mean, that right. was brutal. I remember that. that. That whole scene was brutal. And, and what was so accurate about it was that they, they actually, as much as you didn't want to see it, they had all the guys working completely naked because right. they couldn't get airflow into the mines. It was hot. And it was hot, and that actually happened. And I was—I applaud HBO for putting that in there because people get uncomfortable with male full frontal nudity, and there's a lot of men there naked. But that's right. Um, it was really well done. I got a boatload of, of uh, Emmy noms, uh, so I don't know uh, if it'll win anything, but it was really, really well done. I really enjoyed it, and I thought it was for the most part fairly accurate. So well, uh, I'll agree with that, but I, I knew nothing about Chernobyl going in and, and just 
couldn't believe how stupid people were. Could not believe that happened. Still can't believe that happened. Well, I think, yeah. Total I mean, I disregard. Think, well, Gorbachev said that that's really the reason why the Soviet Union fell. Wasn't really for any other reason than Chernobyl because every every other country on Earth automatically looked at the USSR and said, this is ridiculous. Right. So, no, wow. it was it's so well done. It's a, it's what is it? Five episodes? I think it's five. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really well done. If you haven't watched it, go watch it. It's worth it. Um, a, a minus for sure for me. Definitely. Oh, yeah. I'll go with that. Absolutely. Definitely holds its own as a true HBO miniseries. Couldn't couldn't have been done any better, I don't think. So what are you watching these days? I'm uh, I'm winding up on Preacher. I'm up yeah. to date on that. Um, I uh, am watching a Mindhunter on Netflix season uh, two. I, I'm starting to bite. I part I part, watch partially season one, uh, the first episode of season one. Oh, dude! So I can't it's, wait. It's it is riveting. The second season is is I'm like two in. It's good. I'm happy I got with to, it. Uh, I'm right in the middle of the Shield with Michael Chiklis. Michael Chiklis, Walton Goggins. Yes. Wow. That show. What a great show. You know, I I went back and um, I started rewatching uh, a little bit of uh, Justified. Because Walton Goggins is in that, and he's just bonkers. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. Um, so that's and, good. And then I've um, I've been going back and watching From the Earth to the Moon, which was put on about I think in like the like ninety nine or two thousand. It was mm-hmm. the Tom Hanks miniseries, and uh, HBO really kind of cleaned it all up. Did like basically took the they took the film reels, which had been you know they're like fifteen years old. They digitized them, cleaned them all up, put Dolby Atmos. Uh, audio back into it it's nice um, okay I mean, it, was, it was well done then so but and i enjoyed it now it's available where i can actually watch it so um okay. and i start and i've started barry barry that's bill the bill, bill here is that a comedy it's a dramedy i guess dramedy okay yeah, any I good I mean, it just got nominated for a boatload of Emmys, like like eighteen Emmys for this oh, year. Well, that doesn't mean anything, but it's good. It's I mean, the uh, yeah, the first episode I I was I was pretty happy with. Okay, cool. So, all right, so we're gonna come back, and then you've got your annual pilgrimage. Yep, we start it with Field of Screams, Pennsylvania. All right, so we'll come back and talk about that. Okay. Communities Digital News, built by the writers and editors that deliver the news 24 hours a day. Visit comdiginews.com, that's C-O-M-M-D-I-G-I news.com, and support the next evolution in news. All right, so we're back. Wow, that was quick. Yep. So I didn't even so have to go to the bathroom. What's wrong with you? So where'd you go? What'd you do? I don't know. Oh, I went to uh, Field of Screams, Pennsylvania. So, oh, so I've already gone over this ad nauseum every year. It's the same thing, but I'm just telling you, it's probably the best in the area. They got four new attractions, not new attractions. They got four attractions. They have like a 20-minute hayride you go on. They have um, a nocturnal wasteland that you walk through. It's a trail. That's probably around 18 minutes. Then they got two haunted houses, 
that are like multi-story haunted houses, Den of Darkness and Frightmare Asylum. This is their 27th year doing this. It's, um, it is just as good as ever. And they've actually invested some money in two areas. The first thing they did is on Haunted Hayride, they added a new attraction in it called the uh, Shade Cryogenic Mutant Testing Facility. So it's this two-room area where the tractor pulls into and stops. And they've got video monitors all over the place, and they're watching these mutants. And, of course, the lights go out, and the mutants escape, and they attack your, your, um, your cart. And there's roughly about 40 people on this cart uh, that the tractor's pulling. And um, it's really fun to watch people react to this stuff because uh, the, the, the actors really try and target the females. So that's pretty funny. The other funny thing was the actors in the Hayride were, for some reason, obsessed with my hair. I like had two of them commenting on what they're going to do with my hair, which I thought was a little weird at the time, but you know, whatever made what them happy. What were they going to do to your hair? Well, let's see. There's one, there's one hillbilly scene where a girl, uh, this really gross girl walks up to me and tells me she wants to use my hair for a rug, which was interesting. Uh-huh. And then another one, there's an executioner who, who recently just lopped the head off of a female who walks up and wanted to know if the hair comes with my head so he could cut it off and watch it roll, which was, you know, very weird to but say I mean, the least. The question is, is did you laugh? <laughs> well, I did laugh, but it was, um, you know, and like I'd said in the past, these people are very, the uh, scare actors are very hands on. They'll poke at you and they're taunt you and they're all over you, especially the chainsaw guys. They're always poking at you. Um, so, anyway. so, do, so do they – so like say for instance there's someone – I mean is there an age restriction? There's no age restriction. So I'll, give you you're- perfect, I'll give you a perfect example. Uh, I was walking through the, the, uh, the nocturnal wasteland. It's, it's a long – arduous trail it's a there's scares all over the place and this uh father had what i would think would be like an eight-year-old maybe or a nine-year-old with him and this kid was screaming bloody murder the whole time and a pot and 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 just you could you could you could hear his lip quivering when he was like crying and his dad thought it was hysterical it but, was but, so awkward. But were the scare actors like feeding off of it or were they backing off? They were not backing off. They were all over it. Oh, man. Because that's what they're supposed to do. That's awesome. And, and uh, yeah, it was really creepy. <laughs> um, so anyway, all right. So the other thing these guys did was they brought a um, – I'd say it's like 50 to 75 feet tall. It's an oil tanker. That was turned into a uh, grain silo. They brought this thing and, and, and they turned it on its side. And now there's like this official hub of Feel the Screams. So, you know, like when you go to like Disney MGM Studios, there's a giant um, Mickey Mouse ears. Yeah. Uh, Water, I don't know what the hell that's called. Water, water tower? Water, water tower. tower. So now they've got their own tower. It's this silo. 
So that's interesting, except for the fact that these guys now are, are, it's like his command headquarters. You walk into this area and there's this giant room that they put together and they probably have uh, six to eight giant monitors and you can see every camera that's in the park. So now what they're able to do is keep the lines moving better because they can react to any bottlenecks. Oh, wow. That's really cool. I mean, this is, remember, these guys are just local former school teachers who have been building on this thing for, you know, 27 years. And then the silo itself, they've nicknamed one of the owners Gene's Fortress. There's a spiral staircase in it, and each one of the steps has like a um, a spider-shaped uh, a pattern on it, which is really cool. You, you go up partially the way, and then you get to this area where you can actually then climb up from the outside to the top of the silo and hang out. At the top of the silo, they have like a table that you can open up and look down through the entire silo, and they have like, um, they put permanent drink holders, like metal drink holders all around the outside. It's This is something that the guests are never going to see, and I can't even see how they'd incorporate it into anything they're doing. But they did this, I think, for themselves, and it's just really cool. I mean, these guys have got to be making a pretty good amount of money if they're putting more money into it every year. So the one guy told me that they definitely had a night last year where they had 10,000 people go through. Holy cow. And the average cost, I would say, to get in there uh, is roughly – I'd say 45 bucks if you buy a screen pass and then you want to get in through a VIP because you're going to want to do that on the really crowded nights. So you figure these guys, you know, that night we're making, you know, $450,000. Wow. And, Plus, I mean, I mean, but they've got to be paying out the scream or the scare actors too. All right. And what do you think they're paying scare actors? About 10 bucks an hour. Let's say if they paid them $10 an hour and there were a hundred scream actors on staff that night. I mean, that's not that much money. Well, not. I mean, they got to keep the electric going. I understand that. Yeah. But they really have created a a fear destination that's worth checking out. And and I did a really nice interview with Jim to talk about it again, including this other area he's got for kids that are like more like two to twelve, which is called Corn Cob Acres, um, which is kind of neat too. So if we want to run that now, let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, I'm sitting at uh, the top of Gene's Fortress <laughs> and talking to his brother, Jim Schoff, yep. from Field of Screams, Pennsylvania. Another year. Another year, 27 seasons. You know, this is our 27th season. Never, uh, you know, going back 27 years ago, never, never anticipated this is where we would be at. At the top of a silo? At the top of, of a an silo. an oil drum silo? <laughs> oil drum what slash the, silo. I gotta tell you, what the hell is this? We are on top of, I don't even know how tall this thing is. How tall do you think it is? It's, you know, what is it, about a story? Six, yeah, At least a story? Probably uh, 50 feet, yeah. something like that. Um, yeah, so we're on top of this three-quarter inch steel thick, actually an oil drum that's standing on, on end, um, converted to a grain silo, now converted to... The field of screams, uh, bird's eye view of the of the entire park. But this is this is your command center. This is, the command this is your cabin in the woods command center. <laughs> yeah, it's if a, things go wrong, right? This is where we see it all. Yeah, we have you know six huge, well over six huge monitors in our uh, security room up here. 
It's it's like Fort Knox. You can see it all. You've got uh, video monitoring all over the park, which is super efficient for line maintenance and, and people coming in and knowing where their stop gaps are and what you have to do to keep people going. Yeah, we can see the queue lines, see if there's any bottlenecks. We can see the traffic flow, uh, the parking lots. We can see if there's empty spaces in lot one, two, or three, or four. Right. We can direct the parking personnel over our radio, um, you know, where they can be more efficient, where they need to send cars. Um, so it's, it's designed for every night of our operation just to run as smoothly and as efficiently and professionally as we can. Um, but then on the peak nights, it's really important just for flow and for security um, that we are efficient and we know where to direct people and, and we, we can see if there's problems occurring. How many people can you push through the park at night, you think? Um, we can, if we need to, we can do 10,000. Man, uh, have you ever done 10,000? We sure last you year have. we did. Wow. Yeah. Uh, uh, that was you, a record record night last year, but it's it's uh, you know 5,000 is a nice number. It's it's a lot more manageable, and people you know it's just it's a better overall. You've still got four main attractions. You got two haunted houses. You've got a walking trail, a long, exhausting walking trail. <laughs> You've got a hayride, and speaking of video monitors, you guys have upped the ante. There is something, I don't want to give too much away, but I want you to give me just a pinch of what, what the new attraction is in the hayride. Yeah, so the, the uh, you know, we really, we're, so every, every time we add something big and new, we try to think outside the box and try to get creative and do something that's still gonna work in our environment and our theme um, for Field of Screams, but something that's kind of new and different and we haven't done before. Uh, like when we did the uh, Tormented Twister a couple years ago, that big rotating cylinder that the actual, it's a bridge that the wagon and tractor drive through this rotating tunnel was something that's just, you don't see. Uh, so this year we have a 120 foot long building. There's three rooms in it. You get trapped in two of them and the facade is just beautiful it's amazing um it's and the basic concept is it's a cryogenic prison um we have pods in there we have creatures stored that we are mutating experimenting on and we're storing we're uh um just uh you know keeping them for whatever purpose we want to down the road um things are the facility's beautiful it's all under control um, you know, all video monitors, video monitors, uh, you know, everything's in place, you know, all the security features. And then, you know, as you would expect, maybe things go a little wrong, <laughs> right? And then they go a lot wrong, and you know, it all, it all, it really ups the ante, yeah, by yeah. the way. Chaos um, ensues, so yeah, it's, it's, we've, uh, it's the second night of, of having it, and it's been getting good reviews. I never asked you about the um, corn cob acres. And I finally looked through the brochure. I'm so sorry I haven't sooner. This is a big deal, yeah, right? Corn, this is a acres, big yeah. acre park, yeah, right? It's huge. Tell uh, me a little bit about yeah, it. I've so, never asked you. Yeah, this is our ninth season, I believe, for Corn Cob Acres, and it's it's really grown leaps and bounds over the past couple of years. It's it's designed for kids. It's during the day. It's not during the nighttime. It's totally non-scary. It's it's all fun farm activities and very creative things, just like Field of Screams. It's designed for families with kids or grandkids in the two to twelve year old range. 
Uh, but there's activities for the for the entire family. But the kids two to twelve just have a blast. There's a barrel train rides. There's pumpkin picking. You can paint them. There's a hay ride. There's a corn pit that you can play in. We last year we added a pig race show that happens a couple times a day. That's we have a, a whole you know like a 300 seat arena where you sit and you watch these pigs like race each other around the track. Uh, there's different heats and things. You don't bet on them, but I always thought that'd be cool. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so um, there's bunnies, there's goats, uh, there's a cornfield trail, not a full-blown maze, but a trail with yeah. different activities in it. Um, then there's like fun things like tetherball and huge like connect four yard games, uh, dress a scarecrow station. There's a, a big pillow bounce that, uh, you know, it's an inflated pillow comes out of the right. ground and kids jump. There's a cowbelly cool. bounce, an obstacle maze, uh, just hours of, of entertainment and fun. Um, great. That's so, great. Yeah, it's, and it's open in the fall, kind of the same weekends as Field of Screens, but during yeah. the day. Uh, actually, it opened Labor Day weekend and it closes November 3rd, Saturdays and Sundays. All right, back to Field of Screams. So I never asked this either. At what point do you guys decide that you have to add another major attraction, not just on to what you already have? And are there any plans for that in the future? Well, you know, it, that's a really good question. We, we, we always are, you know, kind of thinking in that direction. Like, what, you know, what do you do next? And we went through a stint there from 2002 to 2013 where 2002 we added the asylum as our third attraction we didn't add a fourth attraction for like 10 years till we added nocturnal wasteland so it was kind of a long drought there of not adding a new attraction the one downside with adding a, another attraction is your overall combo price just increases right. and you know we want to be careful we don't get too pricey we, i mean we're, we have a good price now um you know it's reasonable and and you know people are fine paying it for the experience that they get so um, and just from a space standpoint, um, spatially, we, we don't have a ton of room here on our farm left to add okay. major attractions. So what we just most recently did was added the five-minute escape games. Yeah. Um, you know, and that was kind of like adding in a somewhat of an attraction. Um, and then this year, instead of adding an attraction, we added a huge major um, hayride improvement. So right. right now, we don't have any immediate plans to add like a fifth full-blown attraction. We have a ton of ideas of things that we could do and um, if we would add something it would probably be more on the scale like a, like the escape games were not yeah. like a huge full-blown attraction, attraction right. but but more of a, a unique cool experience that's just different than what we currently have because we don't want to add just another den of darkness or another primary sound you know when we added each attraction we've ever added it's been unique the hayride we started with then we added the den of darkness kind of like the traditional haunted house then we added the primary asylum which is a twist of a house and then nocturnal wasteland obviously in the woods it's a whole different experience so we wouldn't want to add something that's similar to any of the others it would have to be something completely unique and okay. we do have some ideas for that um kind of along the, the level sure. size of like the escape game so sure. i don't know when it's going to happen um i would imagine down the road within you know the next six seven years or something six seven years okay <laughs> so the last question is other than the potential monetary gains why the hell do you guys keep doing this <laughs> well that's a big one <laughs> you know and honestly this is like a dream come true for my brother and i it really is um 
we, we were school teachers and although we love kids, love school, we started Field of Screams and it just exploded. And so when you have something that's kind of that you started and you created and and it's like your baby and you see it grow like this and you see all these people having here coming here and having a great time and having fun, it just it kind of just fills you up and inspires you and just it's rewarding. So I mean, we just we love it. We love to work at it. I mean, we we're not afraid to work. We we love to try to make it better, and just the constant um, feel of wanting to improve what you have and just refine it and make it better and, and perfect it just drives us. And, and uh, it's it, it's just the thrill of it all, it really is. Thank you, Jim. Yeah, you're Another welcome. exciting. And you know, the best part yeah. about this is nobody bugged you. That's right. Yeah. Last year, every time I was talking oh to you, there's gosh. some clown walking by poking at you. That just happened out to Necromancer. I was like, I said, he's like, who are you? You know, say, say who you are and what you. So I'm like, Jim Coerner feels screams. And then this dude's like, honey, we're getting our picture. We're getting, we're getting our picture. Man, that was a great interview. Thanks. Awesome. Uh, I did it. I got, you know, as you heard, I did it at the top of the silo and you'll notice my voice is a little higher cause I'm winded because I had to go climb up the ladder. I had to climb down the ladder cause I forgot my phone to do the interview and then climb right back up again. Oh. So, and I'll just tell you after the entire night of doing this, I'm, I'm feeling like I'm getting too old to do this. Th- th- these guys really put you through hell. There is no other way to explain it physically. You do everything. You're going up steps, down steps. You're climbing areas. You're ducking through areas. It's brutal. But like I said, if you really want to get a good feel for a great haunted house, and I'm telling you, it's like better than Universal Studios quality. Go see these guys. Well, yeah. I mean, if you leave that place and you're physically exhausted, then they've done something right. Yep. I agree. And, and sure. it's, they do a great job. So anyway, that's yeah. that's this year. All right, man. Well, you know, it's the start of the, the fall Halloween yep. uh, festival, so we'll see. We'll see um, what happens. Yeah, I got one quick thing to touch upon but before we're done. I've uh, I got a an, an advanced copy, and I had been playing it. Of course, it's out now, but um, of NASCAR Heat 4 on Xbox. Okay. This, 704 games thing it's the jeff gordon edition which is like i guess it comes with um like a full season's pass okay um i'd played three before and i played four they definitely fixed all the ai and physics issues in four it's a pretty decent uh, game if you're into nascar um and it probably well it's i think it's 69.99 uh msrp if you want to get the uh the Jeff Gordon edition, but the reason, and it's 49 if you don't, but if you get the Jeff Gordon edition, then you do get up the entire updates for one full year. Whereas otherwise you have to pay 30 bucks extra to get it. Ah. So it kind of just makes sense to get it. Yep. Physics are great. Uh, graphics are great. Much bigger upgrade. Um, worth it again, if you're kind of into the racing games. So great. That's all I got, man. Okay. That's where I'm at. All right. All right. We'll see how this comes out. Yeah, I think it'll be all good. We'll see you next time. All right, bye. See ya.